Hi, this is the Manifest More Podcast, and I'm your host, Don Maynard. Whether through meditation, Reiki, energy healing, or a full-on spiritual awakening, you can transcend the physical world to better your mind, body, and soul. In doing so, you can give back to the world, as well as the people who live here and live a more fulfilled life. So just by listening to these episodes uh, and my podcast here, that is my intention for you is to learn new tools to live a better fulfilled life, manifesting more. Today, I have a chat with Jill Klein. She's a Reiki master teacher, and I actually had the privilege of going to her to receive my Reiki master certification. So tune in here, just continuing to listen to our chat about really her Reiki experience and what she does uh, and what Reiki is. And I have a clip of a recording at the end that you should definitely wait to uh, listen. As we say our goodbye, I clipped in a recording of a voice memo I had sent her after a healing, self-healing session of Reiki that I had done on myself. So I hope you enjoy and please share with someone that you think would benefit from this. I wanted to begin this podcast today with you sharing what Reiki is to you and your journey with Reiki. Just to share with our listeners first, Reiki is a holistic Japanese technique for stress reduction, relaxation, and spiritual healing. Rei means higher knowledge or spiritual consciousness. Ki means life energy. Reiki as a whole is spiritually guided life energy. Reiki assists in accelerating healing from injury, illness, promotes relaxation and stress reduction, reduces or eliminates pain. Reiki strengthens the immune system, assists in clearing emotional or physical trauma, and offers quality of life support for those who are aging or in hospice care. Knowing Reiki is like having your own personal healing kit at your fingertips. To begin with that, so people have an understanding about what we're about to dig into. Can you share how you would explain to someone what Reiki is, especially the person that thinks that's just too woo-woo for me. What are you like this invisible thing that you're doing? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, Reiki is always easier to experience than to explain. Um, But usually what I tell people, particularly when they come in to see me for the first time, don't know anything about chi or energy work, but I explain it this way. We have a life force that flows through our body called chi in some languages, um, ki in Japanese, prana um, in Hindi. And so as this chi flows through our body, we're healthy, we're happy. When something happens to block that flow of chi, it can be an emotion, it can be um, an experience, it can be pollution. There's a lot of things that can block that chi flow. So keep in mind, we have this internal chi flow that is flowing constantly, but there's also an external chi. So there's an energy that connects you to everybody that you speak to, everybody that you're in the presence of, everybody that you share a space with. And this is called the external chi. So we're connected energetically that way as well. Uh, But there is also a universal chi. All of this is energy. All energy has a source. So essentially what's happening when we're doing Reiki is the Reiki practitioner 
is opening themselves up to that source of energy. And as we open ourselves up to that source, that ray, that universal mind, what we're doing is we're pulling that down through our bodies. We act as a conduit for that energy, not our energy. We just have agreed to stand in its presence. It comes out of the palms, and then we lay the palms gently on your body. And so in essence, what we're doing is we're reconnecting you as you're receiving Reiki to your source. So there's just this really amazing energetic connection that happens. And your cells and your atoms and your molecules, your energetic field recognizes it. That's how this flow and this healing begins. That's a really clear way for someone to understand. Yeah, it's just like plugging yourself back in to be recharged, to be balanced, to be healed. And it's a really unique way to do it. Dr. Eyes named it as his number one alternative. Not recently. I think it was like 2010. He announced it on his uh, show that he does, uh, his TV show. His number one alternative medicine is Reiki. Yeah. And, you know, it is is amazing. And, you know, the beauty of it is because it's attached to universal mind, because it's the Ray energy, the Reiki has its own wisdom. It knows what you need. It knows what's blocking you. It knows who you are. And it is practiced all over the world. I remember when I first moved to Texas, kind of wandering around, and I had my own attitudes about Texas, right? <laughs> I came here from North Carolina where I learned Reiki, and I'm, I'm moving to Texas, and I'm like, I don't think anybody in Texas is going to know Reiki. <laughs> it's just too woo-woo. And so I was walking around and I was kind of trying to find somebody to do Reiki. And one day I'm walking down my street in front of my house and my next door neighbor is from India. Uh, and so I just kind of go up to her and I said, you know, Kalpana, I don't mean to sound, um, you know, racist or anything, but um, I know Reiki is practiced quite a bit in India. Do you know anybody that does Reiki here? And she goes, oh yeah, I'm a Reiki master. Oh my God, so she was your neighbor. Right next door to my house. Tell me how you found Reiki, how it started for you. Take us through your story. Oh boy, my story. I never know where to start with this, but the short answer is um, when I was about 40 years old, I lost my job. I was a graphic designer. I got laid off and I, and I didn't want to work in that field anymore. Uh, attended a massage therapy program, um, neuromuscular school, of Southeastern School of Neuromuscular Massage Therapy. And as I started massaging people and touching people, there's one moment where I'm working on somebody's neck and all of a sudden I start, my whole body started shaking. And I was just like, it, I was trembling, right? And I called the instructor over and I'm like, what's going on? I said, I'm, I don't know why I'm shaking so bad. And he goes, well, you're interacting with the person's energy. And so that was kind of the first time that I had any concept that we have an energetic body as well as a physical body and that it can communicate things. And so going further in through that massage therapy program, there was a time um, when I was on the table and this other wonderful classmate, his name was Horace. He was just resting his arm, his hand on my shoulder. And my shoulder had been bothering me for a long time. And all of a sudden, I just felt this heat come into my shoulder. It felt really good and really pleasant. And I had this weird image pop into my head of a symbol, symbol floating in space and it was rotating. So strange and it really caught my attention. 
And so I'm like, Horace, what did you just do? And he's like, oh, you felt that? And I said, yes. That's called Reiki. This is Reiki. Where did you go and where were you when you started your Reiki training? Well, (laughs) it fascinated me so much. But essentially, um, Horace taught Reiki in North Carolina at a place called Phoenix Rising. Um, So he basically just invited me out to um, a class in it was a whole wonderful group of people. And so that was my Reiki level one I, I did. And then as I started working in massage therapy, there was another wonderful name, Ron, and he was a Reiki master as well. So I did my level two training. And then I moved out to North Car- or Texas from there and completed my training with a woman named Carla May, who was in Keller, Texas here. And then what are some of, I know, you know, as we first learn Reiki level one, so just so everyone's aware, level one is learning how to heal yourself and apply it to yourself. Level two is when you can start applying it on others and even doing it in a distance. So you could be in California, I could be here in Texas and I could send you Reiki. So that's level two. In your, do you have any stories you could share from applying Reiki to yourself? For me, it's always been this beautiful awareness that there is something flowing, right? Um, and so my, my, my level one training <laughs> was really interesting because I essentially didn't re- receive any training. And, you know, when I mentioned going out to that class in North Carolina with Horace, it wasn't really a class. What it was is I wandered into this room with a bunch of people milling about and there was Horace, and he was had a chair in front of him. <laughs> he said, just sit down in this chair. And I did. I had no idea what was going on. I just had a lot of faith. It's, this is really cool. And so my level one was basically, he did an attunement on me. Um, I, no information about what was going on. No instruction, really, about what to do with it. But I felt some really profound um, shifts after this attunement. And, you know, for my part, I am a horribly shy, introverted person. And so I received this attunement. And then Horace is like, just go out and talk to people. And I don't do that because they were strangers, right? So I just left. So my level one was just doing my own kind of research and digging into it. But because I learned Reiki that way, I realized that there is something really powerful that happens in the attunement. What it's doing is it is plugging you back in a very real way into your higher mind, into your source. And because Reiki has its own intelligence, it kind of guided me to learn what I needed to learn. So my level one was not so much about doing um, Reiki on myself or anything, but it was about me learning more about energy and mindfulness and getting interested in mastering that. And so it was more of an educational, uh, self-educational thing for me, uh, for my level one. Yeah. Okay. I went through my Reiki master training recently with Jill. During that process, she had us do some self-healing all the week before we came in for that session. We're in January, 2023 right now. And this month, for whatever reason, the thought came into my brain that I had a human die inside of me and I cried twice when I had this thought and I had not cried in a long time over Brooklyn or had a moment like it happened twice. Well, then 
whenever I started applying the self-healing Reiki um, before I went in for my session, I had my hands, she had us go through our chakras and the energy where that would lie would obviously be right there at the womb where the baby was carried. So um, it's considered your second chakra. I had my hands there, that thought came again. But on this time when the thought came, as I was sending myself healing, I thought I obviously still have some trauma here that I need to work through. And so I acknowledged it, okay? And so then went on, finished my session. I had, I think that was Sunday. Monday was our uh, Reiki training, master training. And then on Tuesday, I went to her grave and I like to go there and sit before I go teach a class and kind of prepare. Sometimes I go and do that because it's right by um, where I teach. And I'm sitting there doing my meditation. And during this meditation, that thought came again. But this time after the thought came, I heard, but that's okay because you were gifted an angel instead. And this overwhelming amount of a reminder, because I I was told that at her funeral, like some people are gifted children to raise through college, through getting married. And that's when they leave their family. And some of us are gifted a baby that's considered an angel. And it was just this acceptance that pulled her, pulled over me and a reminder of that's what it is. And so that's just what, that's an example for me recently that I had through sending myself and sitting with things that come up and utilize self-reiki. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. And I'm so happy that you're able to have um, such a profound connection like that because Reiki is energy and all things are made of energy and the energy is not limited to our physical body. Right. So we are connected eternally to everyone and everything that has ever meant anything in our lives. Sometimes we stay connected to things that are negative and sometimes yeah. positive, but um, yeah, we're, we are eternal beings having a human experience. Everyone is. And when you begin to understand that we have energetic connections, we, f- we, we remember that, you know, we can't be separated. We, we are always connected to one another. It doesn't mean, matter if you, live in the same home, or you've broken up with somebody, or you've lost someone. The other side is nothing but a higher vibration. And everyone that you love, that you know, that you're connected to, um, and even aspects of yourself exist in that higher vibration too. So learning a practice like Reiki and mindfulness of energy can be really powerful. for My level two training is when things started really opening up. And so as Reiki is flowing through our body to bring self-healing in level two, as you mentioned too, that's when we start to expand and connect to that source and send it to others, right? Make those connections. And that's when I started really incorporating Reiki sessions into my massage therapy because I was feeling energy flow. I was feeling things going on. And, you know, by that time, I'd received more training and I knew, okay, there's, I could feel something here. So this is a good time to pause. And there was a moment when I was kind of practicing this on somebody. 
that the whole room, the Reiki was flowing, the whole room kind of raised in vibration. It just felt like all of a sudden the sun was shining. It was really an, an amazing experience. So there was this expansion. And all of a sudden I had in my mind's eye, the image of a man standing. And then I heard the name Charles pop into my head. And it all came in this weird moment of, I was not even focusing on anything, but these kind of interrupted my thoughts. And then I had, I heard Blue Dodge and I had a kind of intuitive vision of a letter V. So it's all this information was coming through in this energetic expansion through the Reiki. And it confused me and I had no idea what it meant. And so I asked the woman on the table, lovely woman, and her name is Charlotte. I said, Charlotte, does the name Charles mean anything to you? She goes, well, you know, my father's name was Charles, but he died 50 years ago. Wow. And I said, I said, okay, this sounds crazy, but did he by chance drive a Dodge? And that is all I said. And so she just kind of starts laughing, smiling. And I said, do I sound like a lunatic? And she goes, no, no, no. She goes, I'm just remembering one time my sister Vera and I stole his blue Dodge for a joyride. And so my mind was just going, what the heck is happening here? You know, after that experience, I began to understand that there is something really beautiful and profound that happens when we engage in the Reiki energy. It is raising our vibration and in that higher vibration are all your connections, all your loved ones, your spirit guides, past lives, alternative selves, all that information and connection we're carrying around in our energetic field. In our, and because Reiki comes from source of all that is creator, right? Um, once you make that connection, um, you're, you're tapping back into that as well. And so practiced interpreting what I'm perceiving in the energetic field. And it's the Reiki that brings um, that connection. Wow, that is the first time for that yes. to happen, something like that. <laughs> well, that is so cool. That was my first time seeing it um, for other people. But I, I do believe that there is something in my Reiki level two attunement that awakened um, psychic centers because I didn't have these abilities before I started learning Reiki. So it kind of gives us learning Reiki or any kind of mindfulness or energy practice um, kind of gives us a foundation to understand that everything is energy and we are not limited physical beings. We are connected to everything. So giving an, getting an understanding of what the quantum world is, what energy is, who we are, um, Reiki kind of holds the space for that. Yeah. You know what else helped me? I am come to that place of understanding all that is meditation. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, and so how, how do you define, how would you define meditation? Well, it's getting quiet and finding that stillness, becoming the observer of your thoughts, not attaching any emotion to them. Um, and then when you really tap in, you don't even feel like you're in your body. Like my body becomes numb. Um, a lot of times when I'm completely there, I see my third eye. Um, mine has got long eyelashes. When it's vibrant, I see this like big purple eye. Um, and I receive downloads. I receive the most beautiful 
information that I know is coming from God, from source. And I, I would not be able to uh, receive that information without finding that space of silence. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, I, it, it's like Reiki too, where it's another way to reset. You're plugging in to the universe, reconnecting with God. Um, I know I, people say, I don't have time to meditate. <laughs> You're really damaging yourself, yeah. yourselves. I mean, and I do it too. Like, oh, I didn't meditate this morning. And a lot of times, like if I don't get up to do it before my family wakes up, I find some part of my day whether it is sitting in my car and taking five minutes to just settle and reconnect and breathe, throw on a YouTube meditation. There's so many sources out there um, for you to utilize, um, but it is just another way to yeah. reset. Recharge. And you know, isn't it, isn't that the most powerful shift? Um, and I, I was listening to your other podcast about body follows the mind. But the most powerful shifts happen when you realize that you can control your thoughts, that you can observe your thoughts. And it's that space in between our thoughts. That's where spirit is in communication with us. That is where God is in communication with us. That is where we are connected to the all. It's in this space between our thoughts. And so I love that, you know, when we find those moments of stillness, that's what's happening is you're expanding and remembering who you truly are. Um, so that's really beautiful. And I'm always fascinated by the different ways that people can find to meditate. It just reminded me of had a couple of people go through traumatic experiences, which share with me twice as this has happened. They say, I'm talking to God, but he's not talking back to me. Like, where is God? What they do not understand, and anyone that's listening hears this right now, I feel like what when you're in that space, what you do not understand is God is there all the time and everything, but all of a sudden, because you're going through something hard, you're just now back trying to reconnect. Um, but it takes becoming silent and then listening for him to the signs and knowing how to listen to the signs, where the signs are, right? I think we get all lost in the materialistic, the everyday autopilot world, um, that it's hard for someone that, that, that traumatic experience, that is a dead stop, that an opportunity to restart. I think it is, it is God gifting you a moment in time to reset and reconnect with him. I mean, if you're asking the question, why isn't he talking to me? Like that's, starting the process of <laughs> reconnecting. Very, very, yeah, and that, that is so true. <clears throat> and, I, and I think you're right. You know, we expect the answer to sound like a certain thing, um, to appear as a certain thing. And, you know, this, this human journey, in my opinion, is all about just trying to allow yourself to be who you truly are. Um, because on a very real level, we are all aspects of God, exploring the God self from a billion different points of view. And, you know, that connection is eternal. It's, it's within us. And so, you know, God is not some sort of separate 
being sitting up in a cloud somewhere um, that source is in everything. And meditation and things like that just allow us to, to feel that connection. And once, you know, for me, once you feel that connection, um, you realize that we're not alone and we're never separated from divine love. But yeah, letting go of, and the same is true of um, receiving messages from loved ones on the other side and all of that as well. You know, we, we expect it to look like somebody walks in the room, a ghost walks in the room and sits down and says, hi, I love you. But the way that um, that communication happens can appear as, you know, a message from a random stranger that you run into at the grocery store or seeing a bird land right, outside your window on a, you know, significant day. So being open and allowing for that connection to happen through meditation mm -hmm. or just through being present in your life and having faith that everything's moving as it, it needs to um, can be really powerful. Yes, having that trust. You mentioned um, feeling alone. I would say going through my trauma, um, I grew up in a house of being the oldest of five kids and everyone always had a friend. My parents, you know, being raised Catholic, we always took in other people. Um, our house was always full of people. And so I was never alone. And when I started experiencing that feeling after the loss that I was going through, um, I discovered that I actually really like being alone. <laughs> And I learned that I need to be alone. I need that time to reset and recharge. And finding that um, was a really beautiful thing for me. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because I, I am the fourth of five children. And so same thing. And I grew up in a very small house. And I think that people that are kind of drawn to spiritual work and energy work uh, come from kind of chaotic backgrounds. So for, I'm sure for you too, one of the ways that we found solitude, or we found our own space was to go in our minds, right? Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. draw within, because we couldn't have the physical solitude. Um, so we developed the ability to have mental solitude. And that's kind of where um, we find ourselves. Yeah, and I didn't learn that until I was in my 30s though. <laughs> yeah, well... I didn't learn it until I was in my 40s, sister, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I believe that it's encoded in everybody, too. So we all have all the experiences we need um, to push us in that direction. And this journey, it doesn't end, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it, is, it does become very profound to be able to begin to look at even ourselves as energetic beings having a physical experience. Mm -hmm. just really fascinating I'm sitting here talking about this stuff and looking out the window and a cardinal has just landed on my windowsill Aww. and a cardinal is kind of a sign of a loved one so it's really yes very cool oh, I love that you share for me I'm not gonna say that I have noticed you know, and I know that a lot of people seek Reiki for physical healing, and there may be a ton of Reiki practitioners that witness that. I think Reiki having its own intelligence works through each person in a different way. 
And my understanding of physical pain is that it begins in the emotional body first, sometimes in the spiritual body as well. And then it begins to be in, integrated in the physical body. So by the time a physical um, pain or imbalance or disease pops in, that's an indication that has been in your emotional body for usually years and decades. Right. And the way time. the Reiki, at least through me, um, likes to work is to find that emotional cause. So a lot of times people will come to me um, for physical pain, but the session ends up addressing some emotional stuff that's been going on a long time ago. And then they leave and then I don't see them again. <laughs> for a while <laughs> and then they'll come back and you know they'll say you know that was a really powerful experience for me and I'll be like well you know, originally you were here for this pain and then they'll say oh no that one is not an issue anymore. so I don't witness it um in in the moment I guess is what I'm trying to say now I I love talking about that kind of stuff how like um the emotional body creates disease pain yeah um, it is and it's very true. And I, you know, I've had, and that's something I struggle with too, um, when I'm doing Reiki, because I too want it to, I have my own expectations for it. So I, I've had regular clients that were dealing with serious cancers that have passed away. And, you know, there are a few of them that we were meeting every week on one level or another um, and having Reiki sessions every week. And with one beautiful woman, her name was Lisa. I'm like, you know, Lisa, <laughs> I, I love our Reiki sessions, um, but it doesn't seem like you're getting any better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the cancer's still there. And she goes, she says, Joe, you have no idea how much these sessions mean to me. So, you know, I was happy to continue them, but I, I meet my own frustration too. And she ended yeah, up passing yeah. away. Um, it sounds like you were emotionally helping her feel better than if she kept coming back and was like, this is making me feel better, right? She wouldn't come yeah, back. Like, Definitely. And it was, you know, yeah. um, it was a really humbling experience and, and it's frustrating sometimes when I don't witness the physical healing. But yeah, that's what our sessions became is like every session kind of was uncovering um, another energy block that she'd been carrying around for a long time. So, and it was really interesting because each session, the Reiki would reveal something that went for her childhood. And like one of the last things, um, the Reiki was showing me that it was only like three years old. And she was three years old and she stepped on a cactus. And so she had all these um, cactus spines in her feet. And she said her father was trying to pull them out and she was screaming and crying and he gave her the message. He said, I can't help you if you're gonna cry. Oh. And you know, <laughs> so she learned at a really young age to suppress kind of her emotions. Mm -hmm. um, now, is any of that relevant to her human journey and her cancer? I probably yeah, on some level. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm always mystified by uh, how far back these imbalances can go. All right. Well, we, we get taught things, you know, such a young age and they stay with us until 
you know, we either or are showed or somehow find a profound awareness that that's not true just because it was taught to me or told that that's the way things are. Um, yeah. And, you know, and you then know, we can learn how to retrain our mind and our behaviors. Exactly. It's, it's so powerful. Um, and another phenomenon that I've noticed too is, you know, all of that trauma um, and those beliefs and those, if you want to call them out of, out of alignment emotions, because I don't like using positive and negative, um, but they get caught in our energy field. We carry them around in our aura. Um, and so it's always a beautiful thing to do um, therapy, traditional therapy to deal with trauma. It's a beautiful thing to take care of your physical body through nutrition and, um, you know, yoga and exercise and all of that. I, but I think, you know, one of the things that miss that a lot of us miss in our complete wholeness is taking care of our energy. It's taking care of that energetic field because that is where a lot of the attraction comes for life experiences, for toxic behaviors that repeat in ourselves. So you have to uncover the mental part of it. You have to uncover, uncover the cause of it, but then you have to clear out your energetic field too. Yeah. Things like Reiki and meditation, sound vibration, all of those things are really excellent ways to do that. All right. I, it's like another way to explain like the use of Reiki for healing trauma is that the energy is held in like the space after a trauma occurs, it's considered low vibration space. And it's this low vibration that blocks our flow, that chi that we're talking about um, of energy. So that's when we talk about chakras and the energy center points in our body. So our, we have, I think mo people are mostly familiar with the heart. So we all no grief and um, sadness, usually it's in the heart. What happened that broke your heart, then if you don't deal with it, it's stuck there. And so that would be a blockage in your heart. If we wanna talk about throat stuff, that time, those feelings when you get that knot in your throat and you wanna, or you wanna cry, but there's this knot that comes, uh, that is a blockage. Uh, and a lot of times the clearing, say if you start to cough, uh, that's a, a way to clear that. But after the blockages take place in our energy pathways, energy becomes denser and heavier emotionally and physiologically. So utilizing, like she just said, the sound baths and Reiki, even meditation. Yes, Reiki is not a doctor certificate. So you still right. probably would need counseling to some extreme, you know, if you're a person go see a doctor. Uh, but Reiki is, again, another tool to help. I, I don't think a counselor helps clear energy, though. No. Right. Well uh, yeah, and there's there's great value in it. I mean, there's great value in understanding causes and how to deal with them and how to move forward and recovering beliefs um, and things like that. But yeah, and it, it it's but it's important to them to understand that we're all connected energetically. And so, if you do have a blockage in your throat chakra, there is something that put it there. There's some experience, and usually it's a repetitive experience um but i within reiki you know we have the ability to perceive what we call energy cords yes yeah I, there's yeah i have a meditation on my podcast of i figured you energy. would <laughs> <laughs> um 
and, and there's something, so the Reiki acknowledges that we have these energy entanglements that even if the person has crossed over, we are still entangled with the situation or the behavior. Um, and I've witnessed in Reiki sessions before um, these cords coming out and you can follow them and see what they're connected to. So with energy mindfulness, um, you can actually cut those cords and um, take back your own energy, return love and light to the person that they're attached to. And that tends to heal a lot as well. And I have so many stories about that, but I don't really know much time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> that is like one of my favorite well, things to talk about. <laughs> one of my favorite um, stories about energy cords um, is I have this wonderful friend named Sandy. And these cords, by the way, attach to different areas and different chakras in our body. So it's not like this, um, you'll always understand where they are. Um, but I was running Reiki on Sandy and I, we got down to one, I think one was coming from the heart and there were two that were coming from kind of the solar plexus navel um, chakra and they were going out. There were three of them. And so I saw them and I said, you've got three energetic connections to um, something that you need to let go of. She goes, well, I was married three times. I have three exes. Oh, like, my gosh. Okay. I said, well, let's explore this. So we did an energy cord um, uh, severing right. Yeah. Right, to heal it. And so these exes, I mean, she'd been divorced for years. Um, and so because we are all connected energetically, if you release your energetic entanglement with somebody else, they feel something's going on. They are thinking about you. All of a sudden, their energetic field has to let go of it, right? And so it was really interesting because we did this energy cord cutting um, and she went home and she contacted me and said, Jill, all three of them reached out to me. All <gasps> three of them sent her a text. And I think it may have even been on the same day. She had not talked to a couple of them for years. So we are so profoundly connected to all this stuff. But I think energy mindfulness um, is really the key to wholeness and well-being. Talk about energy cords. I, I used this analogy to have the sex talk with my son. <laughs> when uh, he's 16 now, but at 15, so that's high school, you know, I was like, I'm starting to feel that let's go ahead and get on top of this conversation. I said to him, you know, at first I asked him, at what age do you think it's appropriate? And just, we started talking, I opened up the conversation. And I was like, I just want you to know that whoever you choose to have sex with, like you are energetically connected to them forever because it's such an intimate, special moment, conscious of, when and who you do that with and also be aware that like you have no idea who they have been with and so you're going to get their energy too I yeah, don't know it just came so to me in the conversation I don't know where it came from but like I I felt so good about <laughs> the conversation sharing that because I I wasn't aware of that when I was younger you know just the whole yeah. energy stuff that's that's a beautiful way to think of it um and you know particularly for people you know, that are empathic, 
Um, mm-hmm. Empaths have a tendency to carry around other people's crap in their energetic yep. field. If you're not taking care of it, if you're not releasing it, if you're not, and I think looking at it too, because um, there's a reason uh, that we are drawn to certain people and people are drawn to us. Um, but yeah, all of that we're carrying around in our aura, in our etheric field. So it's, it's very, it's, it's, you know, we call it energy hygiene and it's every bit as important as regular hygiene. I heard one time to actually, as we look at it, ask God, what am I supposed to do with this? And if he leads you to something to do in a way to help or whatever, um, then you would follow that guidance. And if he says, you just throw it up to the universe and let it be, then you let that be. And that's a way to look at whatever it is that's coming up for you energetically that's bothering you. Yeah. And another really good question to ask is, why have I drawn this to me? Mm-hmm. What is... What, what am I projecting? What am I projecting that we only draw things to us that we need for our healing too? Um, so, you know, being able to look at it like you're saying, you know, it's not good or bad. Um, it just is. But for me, that's been very profound to just be able to look at something that is there that is not in alignment with you could truly be. But there's a reason it's there. Um, there's a reason that um, source in your own higher mind and that your own loving presence um, has given you that interaction and that experience. And, and once, you know, you understand that, okay, I kind of drew this to me for my highest good. When you can look at it that way, then you can release it. Then you don't need it anymore. And it's done what it's needed to do. I will share with the listeners like what to expect if they were to come to you for a Reiki session. My sessions work. <laughs> Is you know, I'll I'll I explain to you what's happening. Um, so I'll talk about internal chi, external chi. Um, I will remind them that they are an eternal being having a human experience. What's interesting with anybody that walks in the door, once you start talking about this stuff, though, they light up. And they always say to me, I know that. I believe that. I will put you on the table, um, fully clothed. You don't have to get undressed or anything. Just be comfortable. You lie down. And then I do a quick uh, meditation. I started to incorporate the sound bowls too, the singing bowls. Um, Then I connect to the Reiki. I very gently lay my hands in different areas or even above your body. And as a Reiki begins to flow, um, I let it go where it needs to go. And then I just interpret anything that is showing. So my Reiki sessions are very interactive. You're not laying there um, just sleeping. You can if you want. Um, But I like to tell people what I'm seeing when I'm seeing it. And there's a lot of information that comes through. Um, So I tend to talk a lot um, during my our sessions, and I encourage people to actually record the sessions on their cell phones, on the voice memo app, because a lot of information that comes through from your spirit guides, um, from your loved ones on the other side, because then once the Reiki starts flowing too, um, a lot of that information doesn't make sense to people um, until they leave or have some other experiences. I've had people (laughs) come to me like five years after a session. Like, do you remember that one time my guides told me this? I'm like, no, because I don't remember anything. <laughs> it finally happened. 
Um, so the timing is, you know, divine, but that process takes about an hour. So it's just a really relaxing way to reconnect. Hopefully, you know, you leave um, my office and a Reiki session feeling like there's more um, around you than you knew, that your connections to everything, particularly to God, to angels, to your loved ones, to the eternal, and that they are always around us. They are always talking to us. They are always guiding us. There's just something about the Reiki that facilitates that kind of connection. What has been, like, when you have received Reiki, like, your favorite Reiki experience that's been applied to you? I, I just love, I feel um, anytime anybody does Reiki on me, it is, there's a comfort to that um, that I don't get anywhere else. It's, it's a really, it's like being bathed in light. Um, and so there's, not necessarily a specific experience, but everyone that does Reiki on me um, has a different kind of uh, ability. And, but oftentimes, whenever anybody starts um, running Reiki on me, I will feel like 12 hands on my body and it feels physical. And so I, I, I understand that anytime you connect to that um, source, those higher vibrational beings that work in that light as well um, are present in the session. So for me, that's pretty incredible to be able to feel yeah. touch from a non-physical source. Yeah. What are all of your, like, I feel like, you know, whatever certifications you have really helps you apply into the Reiki. So what all do you, certifications do you hold that you feel like applies for your Reiki? Uh, most of my certification um, is in different massage therapy modalities. I pretty much call it any type of energy work Reiki. Maybe the, I shouldn't say certifications because I was just thinking well, about like every practitioner is different. Like I, I have my way because I have my yoga teacher background, um, at different Reiki levels. I learned uh, sound healing, um, the oils the crystals, uh, all the things that more so that I've studied and learned over time, you know, as you gather all this, you apply it into the sessions, right? That's oh, how yeah. I operate. Nothing is ever wasted. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me too, is just having a basic understanding of anatomy and physiology and how the muscles work in the fascial system and the lymphatic system and the circulatory system because, you know, chi follows blood. Um, so having an understanding of energy meridians um, through things like acupressure and acupuncture is of value in interpreting what the Reiki is doing. Um, yeah. and, and for me, too, one of the things, just to understand consciousness and who we are, one of the things that I pursue relentlessly is listening to near-death experiences. So, you know, there's a whole idea. Um, International Association of Near-Death Studies has a YouTube channel um, and people just share their stories about physically uh, dying, leaving their body, what they see on the other side, then returning. And that has helped me more than anything understand how we are eternal beings and what's beyond the physical. Yeah, there is a neurosurgeon that had this experience. I got to... I um, listened to him live on a training I went through 
with Kathy Heller called Abundant Ever After and she would have guests come on and he shared his story and he wrote a book about it. And like when it happened, he used to hear these stories from patients on the table and, you know, like all the doctors like, oh, I don't know, I think you're just seeing light. But then when it happened to him, he is like now yeah. like shares with everyone, wrote a book about it. Um, I'll have to like find the name of that book and share with it because um, yeah, it's such cool stories. And and he's part of that study. Of, what yeah. did you, what was the um, website that you called it? IONS, International Association, International Association of Near-Death Studies. Okay. And there's a, there's a bunch of people. I mean, there's millions of people that have these experiences and I've, they're all over YouTube. So just listening, it'll blow your mind because I think part of us knows that what they're experiencing is true. Yeah. And for me, that's just something I've always been fascinated with. And then for just learning about how nature, how physical reality is structured, I, I love the Seth material. Um, and what material? Called the Seth material. Oh, yes. By yes. Jane Roberts. Um, it was channeled in the 1970s and many, many books. And it is so profound to understand how we're constructing this physical reality. It's really, really fascinating stuff to do. Yeah, I learned about that through Abraham Hicks, the yes. Seth material. Yeah, I love Abraham Hicks as well. Oh, God. me too. <laughs> so much. What books would you suggest if someone's like, I, I want to know a little more about Reiki? Do you have a book that's your favorite to suggest? Um, my favorite um, is Magic of Reiki. And Magic is spelled M-A-G-I-C-K. And that's from... Uh, uh, Christopher Penzak, I think his name is. Yeah, you actually told me about that book the other day. I, I, yeah. I started it. And, you know, I, I love it more for the dictionary of symbols because symbols are something that are used in Reiki. Um, but there's a whole plethora of different symbols that show up. And that's kind of my language. That's a, one of the ways that at least, you know, my mind um, uh, perceives information. So a lot of times I'll be running Reiki on somebody and all of a sudden this weird symbol I've never seen before will pop up in my head. If I go to that book, I will find that symbol. <laughs> They're a good resource for me. First book I ever read was called Reiki Essentials and it was definitely a good mm -hmm. stepping stone. So when I was told to read this book, I re I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is what happened to me. Not even realizing I was rece receiving Reiki during the massage. I just knew it. It was the best massage I'd ever had, best I'd ever felt um, in years. And it was like, what just happened on that table? I felt like I was floating on a cloud and this beautiful experience. And um, I'm reading the book. I'm like, that is what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a point in my career that I stopped recommending reading material to people because I know that you will find what you're supposed to read. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the timing is really just like that. You have an experience and then you're led to a book or a conversation, yep. um, and that's the best. It's been Maybe wonderful. Breaking. I love, I love talking about this kind of stuff. Um, oh, but yeah, I do, I do um, individual sessions. I have some group work I do in the area too here in Flower Mound. Um, I can do Reiki sessions over the phone or Zoom as well. All the information comes through. Um, the energy flows. It's part of the quantum world energy is connected so you can do Reiki at, at a distance so 
you know, I do sessions with people in India and Europe and favorite way to do it though is uh, in person. So yeah. Yeah. Same. Do you do group things? What are the group things that you do? Um, I'm doing a guided meditation. Um, so there's one coming up. And so um, each meditation, I'm going to focus on connecting with a different um, aspect of your spiritual entourage. So guide you because I believe everybody can perceive and connect and receive. It's all just a matter of understanding how you perceive information. So guided group meditations kind of guide you to tap into that resource. I do Reiki shares. I try to do that once a month. Um, Those are in person. Those are free if you want to come and experience Reiki if you never have, but um, also get your hands on other people um, to feel the energy flowing. Um, That's a really beautiful thing to do. Where do you do Um, that at? At my office. Okay. Um, And something else I've I've been playing with, and this is all just play, is um, we've gotten together and we're doing psychic investigations. Okay. So we do that over Zoom and we look at different missing person cases and to see, excuse me, see if we can perceive any information about it. Um, not working with any official organization. We just want to understand if we have the ability um, to connect and we are starting to get validation for that. So that's something else I'll, I post on my website. Reiki page. I have a Reiki page um, on Facebook, but it is a private page. Um, so you have to send me a friend request and then I can add you to the group. Um, and that is just a really good way to connect with other people about all this yeah. cool stuff. Um, oh, something else I'm doing, which I'm doing this Sunday, again, at my office, I call it the Starseed Support Group. Um, and that's just, we get together and just talk about all this woo-woo stuff, some refreshments. Because um, I believe that, you know, we all need to feel like we're not, crazy and I just try to do different gatherings okay well thank you for your time and I I feel like we could do this again (laughs) yeah definitely anytime anytime Uh, I love working with you and I love everything you're doing too so I think you're a powerful teacher in the area as well so thank you so much yeah all right see you soon all right Good morning, Jill. I just wanted to share something with you. This morning in my meditation, that thought came back up again that a human died inside of me. Well, I'm meditating at Brooklyn's grave, and when the thought came, this time I heard, but that's okay because you gave birth to an angel, and that angel has kept you closer to source and drawn you closer to God. OMG (laughs) what a better perspective right so just wanted to share